Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Holy cow, guys. Can you believe it's episode 200 already? Like 200 hours of content really available. Anybody can get it at any time, 24-7. Yeah, well, I mean, you get get more content and more fun if you join the Patreon community. But the the rest of you freeloaders uh, can enjoy (laughs) a lot of free stuff uh, on our site. Anyway, welcome to episode 200 of the See You on the Other Side podcast. I am Mike Huberty, a weirdo and lover of of uh, strange things like ghosts, UFOs, the afterlife, um, things that go bump in the night. I also play bass, and I sing in a band called Sunspot, and we sing songs about weird stuff, and that's kind of what kind of what we do. And then also, uh, I do haunted history tours across the Midwest, and I've written tours for six cities so far, and you can find that at AmericanGhostWalks.com. And hi, I'm Wendy Lynn Stotts. I'm also a weirdo, yeah. <laughs> but I am also a band member of Sunspot and I play the drums and violin and do some singing with Mike and our other bandmate, Ben. And I'm also involved in the Waukesha Ghost Tour as a tour guide. And I love learning about things that uh, the mysteries of the world, the unanswered questions so that's a little about me. Yeah. And Allison. Yeah, I'm Allison Jornlin. I'm Mike's sister. I'm not in the band. <laughs> Although sometimes I say I'm with she, the band. <laughs> she plays a mean tambourine though, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm really great at tambourines and going, yeah, 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 daddy <laughs> Yeah, we're a bunch of beatniks. <laughs> Tell them about yourself. Yeah, okay. So I'm Mike's sister. I started... Haunted History Tours in Milwaukee in 2008. I've always been in weird weird stuff since probably about fourth grade. And um, I just wanted to find a way that I could incorporate this in my life. Because I think asking those, those eternal questions, you know, really helps us get to something deeper inside ourselves and discover things about the world and of course, ourselves as well. Uh, and yeah, I can't get enough of it. Uh, and uh, I was like, hey, Mike, <laughs> you're a weirdo. <laughs> why don't you why, why don't you start some haunted history tours? And uh, and here we are. That's that's right. Well, <laughs> well, Allison, she used to go to sleepovers with her friends. And then the next day we'd go to church. And then after church, we'd go out for um, like groceries and things like that. And, and, and snacks. Mom would, Schnecks, Schnecks, would, which are donuts. Mom would go in and get donuts and things. And then Allison would tell me the scary stories that they told at the sleepovers and the parties the night before. <laughs> that's awesome. So Allison, Allison and I have been sharing scary stories ever since I was little. And that's yeah. how Wendy and I bonded, too. When we were in the that's dorms right. at the University of Wisconsin, we used to talk about alien abductions and ghost stories and things uh, till the wee hours of the morning. And we even had some Ouija sessions in the dorm den. Yeah. And so <laughs> big group of college students. It's always fun. And that was even before we were in a band together. So we all That's right. we all bonded on these on these weird topics and unusual subjects um, before we decided to start careers together. And now here we are, two hundred episodes later with the podcast, eight, eight albums later with the band, uh, several <laughs> tours later with the with the ghost tours, and we're all here to talk about our favorite stuff from the first. 199 episodes of See You on the Other Side. Uh, But before we get to that, you guys both went to paranormal events this weekend. And if you guys just want to tell us a little bit about the favorite stuff you saw at the paranormal events. Wendy, you were in Illinois, so you invaded south of the border. So, okay, we are in Wisconsin, guys. So we are reintroducing ourselves to everybody. So I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. 
Wendy's in Madison and Allison's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we're all cheeseheads by birth. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. Wendy uh, got on her disguise and went south of the border. And where'd you go? <laughs> I did. <laughs> yep. I, I had to hide my cheese head as I crossed into Illinois because, you know, that makes me hostile. But yeah, I attended the Spirits in the Spring event that was presented by Shadow Hunters Paranormal Group. And uh, it was just a, a fun little conference with various paranormal topics being presented. And uh, I was there to see Scott Marcus, who presented and talked. Uh, he's, he's kind of a regular presenter at that event and talks about his adventures around the country. And since I was with him for a lot of them, it was a fun little uh, retrospective for me. Sure. <laughs> but went to that. And then also, just on a side note, this weekend I saw the movie Hereditary. Oh, I oh, heard that yeah. was really scary. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty scary, actually. Yeah, yeah, sweet. It was good, and it wasn't like gory, you know, like that kind of horror movie. Well, actually, well, I, I heard it's a little bit brutal. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a fun little thing to check out. I would recommend it if you're into that kind of scary movie. All right, that sounds good. And make sure you check out Scott's website at whatsyourghoststory.com. And he's got a, a lot yes. of great haunted history and cool spots where you can go visit yourself. Now, Allison, now you had to venture into a different land as well. I know. So I went north. You had to, you went, so Wendy went south. Allison went north. You had to get in some kind of get up and stuff. And did you have to put on. <laughs> like a youper. Yeah. Did you have to put on moose ears or anything? Well, or like a like mining hat? Remember one of was those it? like flannel hats with the ear flaps? Yeah. So oh, okay. I, I fit right in. Like a uh, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was, was wabbit season. It was wabbit okay. season, right? And uh, oh, no. it was the uh, Marinette Menominee Bigfoot Convention 2018. I was invited by our very good friend Linda Godfrey. And oh, yeah. uh, we, you guys know Linda. She is the dog. Ma- I was explaining this to my wife today. I'm like, oh yeah, she went with Linda Godfrey, who's the world's leading expert on the dog man. That's right. And uh, the American werewolf. So uh, we had a great time. We had a road trip together, and we both spoke at the conference. And I spoke about my my Mothman adventures uh, south of the border in Chicagoland. And uh, I have a very skeptical message, but uh, people there were really into it and uh, really receptive. And the place was packed. There was, uh, I don't know the exact count, but there was well over 300 people. We were just mobbed uh, at our That was the, that's the entire population of Upper Michigan, isn't it? <laughs> I don't like know. Like they all came. They were They came really down from the trees. Super enthusiastic. It was a freaky frenzy. <laughs> super enthusiastic. I got news stories. I got a new Yay. Thunderbird story. Uh, which oh sweet. Really and okay, now you're talking about Thunderbird. Now what yeah. are you, you're not talking about the car, right? No, no, I'm, I'm talking about. A, <laughs> I got a new, I got a new Iraq story, baby. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, the Native American Thunderbird, a huge bird the size of a plane, and uh, I I collected some of those stories back um, many years ago, almost twenty years ago, and uh, she had she had one I hadn't heard before uh, from uh, Wisconsin, so that was really a thrill to hear that there are strange things in the sky. It might not be Mothman, but maybe it's a Thunderbird. <laughs> well, we talk about the Thunderbird on the Lake Geneva Ghost Walk because there's a there's Williams Bay off of Lake Geneva is where the Thunderbirds and the Water Panthers were said to fight. Right. And that is a story that uh, comes from uh, the Woodland Tribes uh, that the water panther is more of a negative influence, which, you know, brings us back to, you know, some of our episodes, like, uh, you know, talking about what might be happening in lacrosse with all those river deaths. Uh, but yeah, the water panther would lure people down to the water and drown them. But the thunderbird is like more of a protector. And actually, the Oneida people say that when you see when you see a rainbow, it's actually kind of an ominous sign because that's the 
That's um, the creator calling out to the Thunderbirds, warning them that evil is afoot. Well, I mean, I think we all think of Rainbow as something evil because we know that's where the leprechaun is. <laughs> that's right. Lucky. <laughs> and when, He's coming for you. Yeah. And when you went into the leprechaun, he needs me gold. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I think the last Rainbow I saw was at the... Chicago Paranormal Conference. Oh, yeah. The Chicago that Hauntings. Yep. That was a wicked rainbow, too. And I saw an airplane fly through the rainbow. It pretty much blew yeah. my mind. It, yeah. Well, I was there, too. So the airplane like blew right through the rainbow. Lucky <laughs> charms fly out. everywhere. <laughs> and, and you just heard the little leprechaun like, just cry out in disgust. In <laughs> like, well, all the purple horses came out like, ah! <laughs> where's our shoes? <laughs> right. They were all upset. <laughs> Okay, but that's a good. So, talking about some of our favorite episodes, and I'm thinking about the ones that changed my mind or introduced me to a new idea. And I think when you talk about the episode in Lacrosse, Allison, yeah, um, and we were discussing uh, actually a movie that that Scott worked on, Scott Marcus, who we were talking about for What's Your Ghost Story. That was the first time we talked to him, and we discussed their movie, The Hidden Truth, which talks about uh, these. You know, people going into the into the river, into the Mississippi River, and this is happening in La Crosse, St. Paul, Minneapolis, um, and these are all young guys in their early twenties, blonde, white, athletic, and they're going into the drink. Found a few days later, uh, or in some cases, a few months later. And it's almost inexplicable as why these guys would go over. And I, I lived off two of the bridges that these disappearances happened. One was the Hennepin Avenue Bridge in Minneapolis, and the other was the Cass Street Bridge in La Crosse. And they both have decent railings where if you, you can't just be wasted and drop in. You got to want to go in. Yeah. And it, so go, that's going back to episode 47. I know. Beyond that's the so Smiley. long ago. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is uh, July 15th, 2015. We, we did it. Beyond the Smiley Face Killers, looking for the hidden truth in lacrosse. And this was what I was super interested in because number one, I'd lived in lacrosse for a couple of years. Number two, I'd worked at a television station um, when that was big news of one of the guys who went in uh, that Halloween. And we, we featured it every morning on the news because he went into Minneapolis and they were looking for him. And eventually this got, this gets on coast to coast. There's these two New York detectives that think that there's this group, there's this murder group called yeah, the Smiley, Club. Smiley Face Murder Club that went around that was leaving smiley faces at the point where the bodies went in, not necessarily where they were found. And well, when we talked to Jay Pachochin, Scott Marcus, uh, Neil Anderson, I think his name was, it was the county coroner of Lacrosse County. They were suggesting that it wasn't a, uh, well, it wasn't a serial killer, that it was something supernatural. And that was the first time I ever even contemplated that idea. Yeah. Or they, they at least were to the point where they had exhausted every possible lead. So they wanted to explore that route and see if there might be some explanation. Mm-hmm. So they talked to some of the Indian tribes in the area. They talked to an elders Indian tribe and discussed that, that calling spirit, that water panther, that luring people to their doom. Yeah. And uh, that idea, that, that, that blew my mind. Like, oh, yeah. What if it's a paranormal killer? Yeah, I always, and I always uh, get a lot of, out of cross-cultural connections. And um, so that's one, the, the idea of of the um the slavic waterman and the the welsh kelpie and uh e- even in hawaii lopaka kapanui our friend over there telling the story of uh, as you said the calling spirit which uh can look like a beautiful woman and call you into the water and hey i mean who who better to ensnare some some uh, strapping jock uh, than some beautiful woman, you know, says, hey, let's go skinny dipping. And <laughs> you just jump in. You don't, you don't think. And uh, it turns out not to be what, what you thought it was. Well, that, okay, that, our interview with Lepaka, we talked about the calling spirit. That's episode 57, Dark Side of Paradise, Haunted Hawaii, where we discussed that. And Allison, you talk about the adventures you guys had when you were over uh, 
in, in Oahu. Fif- the 50th state. Yeah. You were there, over there, sucking down macadamia nuts and getting close to No, not macadamia nuts. But the thing is that calling spirit, that inspired a song we have called The Call. That's on that episode, othersidepodcast.com slash 57. But that idea, like, okay, so we think maybe just a beautiful woman in the water says, let's go skinny dip, and these guys are probably trashed. Some of those guys that went down in lacrosse in Minneapolis, it was party night. They'd gone out. But like, it's, it's the guys who's, whose birthday it is. And their friends just leave them on their birthday. Like all wasted. That is like, peculiar. As a guy who's gotten wasted on my birthday at a bar, yeah. like your friends never just leave you. They, you know, they're like, hey, man. We would hope not. <laughs> no, they just, your, your friends would not leave you on your birthday. No, in a, definitely in a sticky not. Situation. And especially no. not to go in the drink like that. But it could be that, like a skinny dipping, like a sexual thing, or it could be somebody looking for help. You know, the calling spirit could be like, I'm going to drown, I'm going to drown. These guys, young, virile men, they think they can help out. They think they can save the day. And instead, they get sucked to the bottom of the depths, mm. down yeah. to David Jones' locker. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and that, Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's some weird stuff. It, 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 it doesn't uh, submit to explanation very well well and if it's a paranormal answer to things like that like no wonder the police are clueless that it's like well it's just a drunk guy going over yeah okay but he's gonna have to climb to go over to do that and why doesn't this happen constantly because i lived in lacrosse i know how people act right there's there's places with like all you can drink for like four bucks in lacrosse like it's it's not a rich town and people get slammed so why isn't everybody why aren't more people dying in the Mississippi River? It's deep and it's wide. All right. As it's the mighty Mississippi, my friends. Yeah. So I guess like the podcast for me, what I've gotten out of it is, um, as as I explained, you know, I've been into the paranormal for a very long time. But when you stay at a lot of haunted places and you've been to many investigations and nothing usually happens, let's just say that. Let's just be. Let's be truthful that it's not like it is on TV. I mean, there are exciting aspects to it, but it is, you know, a lot subtler. And a lot of times things don't happen. And when uh, even you're on got, TV, you, you'll yeah. sit there for, th- they'll be there for three nights. And yeah. they get one EVP that right. sounds like somebody farting into the microphone. <laughs> and they'll be like, he said my name. Yeah, your, absolutely. Your name sounds like, is your name flatulent? <laughs> right. So um, my point is you can get pretty jaded in this field. Mm-hmm. And the podcast has really helped me with that because we get to talk to so many people who really do do their homework and do some excellent research that makes you wonder. So for you guys out there who you know might be uh, struggling with not skepticism, but downright cynicism. I'd say there's a lot of episodes for you guys to listen to where there's really some substance be- behind uh, these these paranormal ideas. You know, something I was thinking about when I was looking over all the old podcast episodes and things that have changed my mind or uh, things that I think I've learned and you were saying that how it's easy to be skeptical and it's easy to be jaded because so many times we go on these ghost investigations and nothing happens. And then you start talking to people who like every time they go on a ghost investigation, like a ghost comes up and grabs them in the butt or whatever. Like, oh my God, this, I can't <laughs> believe the ghost did that. It showed up and it, it did a dance for us. It was all crazy. And you just think about how many of these legends and stories and things are given to us as kids are kind of... You know, we were just talking about the water panther. We were just talking about the legends of the the Kelpie, uh, which is a Scottish lesson of like a horse that, you know, a horse-like creature that leads you into the water. And the water man, the Slavic water man, it's like a a piece of his mustache, right? A piece of his, like, ties you around his neck, ties around your neck and drags you to the water. Oh, yeah. It's like the... Or he uses horse hair, but but yeah, he, he ensnares you and drags you under. But all these things, a lot of times, we're raised with stories like this as children uh, to protect us against things. And when we go over our episodes where we're talking about monsters, we're talking about legends of countries, like especially Iceland. Iceland has all these crazy Christmas monsters, right? 
And it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's all stuff like, well, this monster comes after you if you don't do your sewing. If you <laughs> right. don't finish your knitting, this monster will kill you. And I just think it's funny that all these we talk about, I can't believe the Icelandic people believe that. Well, they tell stories to their kids to make sure they finish knitting so they don't you know, freeze to death in the wintertime. Right. It's, and, and a lot of these stories, like the water man, don't go, you know, you're a little kid. Don't go too near the water. Why? Because the water panther is going to reach a paw out and kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you don't want your child going right. too near the water. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there are alternative explanations for some of these things. And, and we talk about those. But um, I think, you know, you will definitely, if you take some time and listen to our accumulated library now, you'll really find some mysteries that are still out there that uh, you know don't have a compelling answer yet. Well, and also, we talk about the things that children believe. You know, we joke about the boogeyman. You know, we joke about the, 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 all those crazy elves they have in Iceland doing all that wild stuff. You know, we joke about all these legends that seem to have a reason that the legends exist, to protect ourselves. And that's kind of why they're bred into us. That's why they're, they're taught to us as little kids. But that doesn't mean that they can't become real. You know, uh, I, we would think about tulpas, and even though that the interpretation of tulpa that originally came out of that 1930s book by that French person in the Himalayas is wrong, this is what we use the word tulpa for now. A thought form that we, we think is something into existence. And hey man, people have seen Santa Claus. And we, you know... <laughs> that that was one of the most shocking episodes for me, that there's real life stories. There's a whole forum on Reddit dedicated to real life Santa Claus sightings. And that's the whole idea. That's a mystery in itself. What were these kids seeing that it was Santa that they perceived, right? Like, right. And how many of the things that we see are something completely different, but our mind right. equates it to something that we can believe or understand. Yeah. Like I said, I saw the tooth fairy when I was a kid. I've shared that story before, but wait, yeah, share it again. <laughs> I don't think what? Allison has quite heard the whole thing. I don't story. think so. I was really young. I don't know how old. I could probably uh, check with my dad and find out. But um, <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a lady standing right over my dresser, kind of with really long hair and a dress on, and um, I just like I knew it was the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> wow. Well, better the Tooth Fairy than Slender Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'm assuming that I had put a tooth under my pillow that night, and that's probably yeah. why I was focused on that. But, you know, whatever caused me to see or imagine or, you know, <laughs> conjure you that still, vision. Can you still um, see her? Yeah. I mean, do you still know what she looked like? Like what color hair and stuff like that? Yeah, I have like a, a kind of a, a – it's not like crisp – clear vision but um sure. i still can picture that she had like a green and blue sort of floral dress on and just long dark hair like really long like past her waist um, wow length but yeah and i just was like laying in bed and i you know opened my eyes and saw her and then <laughs> i guess i just Realized was like yeah and i didn't you know interact with her or anything like that i just went back to sleep but i told my parents and my sister all about it the next day and of course, they laughed at me and made fun of me. No. <laughs> but that is intense. They ostracized you. They're like, that's it. No breakfast for Wendy until she stops seeing crazy stuff. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that, um, Mike, you were referring to Alexandra David Neal, the Belgian-French writer who, um, who she actually conjured her own tulpa, which was a, a monk. And... Uh, she thought it would be fun to have have a little monk wandering around until <laughs> he turned out to be not so nice. And and uh, you know, reminds me of, of the story of the golem in he- Hebrew mysticism that, you know, you gotta gotta put these things down before they turn evil. But I'm glad I'm glad to hear, you know, your your uh your vision, Wendy, sounds like it was very fairy-like and sweet. It was very fairy-like and sweet, yes. That Definitely. is great. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could see what, what you saw. Maybe I should try doing one of those, like, sketch drawings of it or something. To... <laughs> yeah, which, which brings me to, to um, 186, The Slenderman Mysteries. Ooh. So 
Yeah, with Nick Redfern. I, I had forgotten all about that, even though Mike and I are in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, that was a big one. So we're talking about the Slender Man. We talk about the incident that happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is right by the area we're from. Where um, I give my ghost tour. And, and, <laughs> and it, as it's, the, it's the whole thing where there was an incident where these girls believed in the Slender Man and they, were, they stabbed their friend. Um, not much of them. They, they weren't really great friends, I guess, but they stabbed their friend as a sacrifice to the Slender Man so they could escape and, and go up to his, um, his palace. Cause the they believed, they really believed in him. Yeah. They believed he was a thing. And, and so we think that's crazy. We're like, okay, they believe in this character that doesn't even have any kind of mythological basis in our society. You know, it's like the Slender Man isn't based on some kind of legend, like we talk about Iceland, or we talk about the Indian legends, or we talk about, um, you know, the, the Slavs and the Water Man and things. These are, this is just made up, I mean, made up stuff on the internet in the 2000s, and people are believing it, and people are seeing the Slender Man now in real life. And that's our discussion with Nick in, in episode 186, uh, where we talk about the you know, the Slenderman mysteries, and he goes into, you know, where people have have reported seeing the Slenderman in real life, and and this is not a character um, that you think would have any basis in reality whatsoever. You know, it's when you think about elves, you're like, well, elves have a basis in mythology over a long time, like maybe they're real. The Slenderman was created as like a Photoshop contest in like 2005. Yeah. Now here's the thing, though. When we talk about that, and this is another thing for the podcast that I think over the years has, has kind of blown my mind. Well, we talked about fairies with Jeffrey Helder, and he was oh, talking- yeah, about, Jeff Holder. Yeah, he's, yes. he's awesome. Jeff Holder has, you know, Poltergeist Over Scotland. Right. That is a and, great book. And he goes into these cases of Poltergeist over the past hundreds of years, and you realize how close they are to stories about alien abductions and stories that we have about UFOs. And then you also realize how close they are to stories about fairies. Right. <laughs> and the fact that in that book, um, Poltergeist Over Scotland, there's like 250 cases just from Scotland. It's not that big. <laughs> that, I cannot believe there's so many cases in Scotland. I can't either. And it's For Christ's sake. <laughs> it's, it's 122. 122 that, that they're here hunting poltergeist with Jeff Holder. But that's, that's the connection. No, that connection blew my mind because, okay, number one, fairies. You know I'm going to make fun of fairies, <laughs> right? Because, well, it's like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You yeah. know, he like totally believes in those fairy pictures and stuff. Right, he's the like, Cottingly oh, fairies. Yeah, he with his big walrus face, he's like, oh, I totally <laughs> believe in it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you but, think you're like, this fairy stuff is stupid. This fairy stuff's for kids. Don't give me this Tinkerbell crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tinkerbell. Well, what if fairies and poltergeists and UFOs are related? Yes, right. and Bigfoot. Like, and poltergeist. And and uh, and and fairies both are scary. It's true. They're, they're not, you know, you know, the, the fairies are not little sprites. And and to me, it seemed like a done deal. Like if poltergeist activity was real, it was going to be the telekinesis hypothesis. Like you're going to be living with some teenage girl who's crazy, yeah. like I happened to live with when I was <laughs> uh, when I was a kid. What? If there was ever going to be a poltergeist happening, it would be inside our house when Allison was in high school. Oh come um, on! Yeah, it, but instead she couldn't use her she couldn't use her mind to throw stuff and break it. So she just threw stuff and break it. Um, Maybe but, just use my brute strength. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you, you just thought like, okay. If you know, it, it seemed to me that the people who told stories about fairies, the people who told stories about poltergeists, if they did anything besides that kind of telekinesis thing, I would just dismiss it. I'd be like, you know what? That's come on. You really, you really think that there's these little people that are flying around and screwing with our stuff, and they get mad if we plow over their land or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Fairies are real, pal. <laughs> but Jeff Holder had a really compelling argument about that. You know that. That, hey, these were people living very close to the land. You know, they couldn't mess around. I, you know, like today we have all this, you know, we have all this uh, leisure time and, you know, 
tons of extra food. And, you know, these people, things were getting real for them. I mean, they- yeah, We have they, so much food. We right. have to stop ourselves from eating all yeah. of it all the time. And, and so I have a program people, that tells me when to stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these people- did not have a lot is my point. You know, they're living close to the edge and they were willing to spend time and money so they didn't take those ferries off, you know, to shave off parts of their houses, for example. Mm. And still today in in Iceland and in uh, Ireland, the, <laughs> there are roads that have been rerouted. There are construction projects that have been... Um, you know, revised so that they would not cross into fairy land, fairy, hmm. fairy territory. I mean, this still goes on today. So Fair, fairy tory. <laughs> fairy hey. Nice. I like it. But but I'm Welcome just the fairy tory, everybody. Th- this is one of those things where you think it's one thing, and then when you dig a little deeper, you're like, it is not what hmm. I thought, and. It is a lot more compelling, you know, the the idea that there are these other intelligences out there. And hey, sometimes you do not want to mess with them. They can mess you up. Well, the idea that gets me, and, and this goes back then to our episode with Joshua Cutchen, the, the brimstone deceit, paranormal smells. He's got, yeah. a, you know, a whole, he's got a whole book about the smell of the paranormal and brimstone, the smell of sulfur. And they, they use that, you know, sulfur by lava flows, by volcanoes. People smell these things uh, and earthquakes and stuff. And it, it smells like the inside of the earth, which is why people associate that with hell. Yeah. You know, and our conversation with Mary Marshall, she talks about the, the paranormal MD. She talks about her experience the first time that uh, she felt like she met an evil spirit. There was a strong sense of sulfur in the room. We wrote a song about it that's on our new album, The Wonders of the Invisible World, which you guys should check out, sunspotuniverse.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. But okay, so the brimstone deceit, though, Josh goes in and he talks about the smell of sulfur and brimstone at all these different paranormal activity locations. People see a UFO, they smell sulfur. People see Bigfoot, they smell sulfur. People, people think that their friend is possessed by the devil, smell sulfur. People see a ghost, smell sulfur. So then it starts me thinking, when we were talking about, okay, some people have a poltergeist experience, some people have a fairy experience, some people have a UFO experience. Um, what if, like we're all experiencing some kind of paranormal thing, and like the tulpas, like Wendy seeing the tooth fairy, I'm sorry to laugh, Wendy, but you saw the tooth fairy. Hey, laugh uh, all you want. I think it's awesome. I, I think it's awesome, awesome too. But, I do too. Um, <laughs> like it's a great, you know, it's a great story. And the fact is, you see something that is foreign to us, maybe on not just a, you know, the level of from another planet or from another plane or from another existence kind of thing. It's foreign to our very sense of Earth. You know. Yeah, definitely. So we're receiving all this data. And our brains interpret it as something we can understand. To a little girl, it's a tooth fairy. To other kids, it's Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. To somebody who watches the X-Files, it's a UFO. To somebody in Victorian uh, England, it's a ghost. But in reality, um, what is it? We don't and, and know. That's the, <laughs> and that's the idea. And so this really changed my mind about the entire paranormal universe Mm. like i was very materialist when i came to it like okay these things have to be some kind of material um if it's a ghost it has to okay there has to be some kind of energy coming into our world from the afterlife or whatever if it's an alien they're obviously coming from a different planet if it's a poltergeist it's telekinesis and it just i'm like wait a second what if it's none of those things and it's just something that we just are unable completely to comprehend and our wee little brains so that, just can't can't comprehend. Right, it literally <laughs> blows our mind. So when we see something like that, we have to we have to understand it in a way the best way we can. And the best way we can is something we actually do believe in, whether it be a ghost or a UFO or something. And then this leads to a theory that I went in depth with 
um, with the author of Saucer State and Doctor Who writer Paul Cornell, mm. who we had, and you know Paul Cornell writes Captain, you know Captain Britain for Marvel. He's got this great Saucer State and Saucer Country. His Doctor Who books are some of the best ones that are out there. His episodes <laughs> on TV were some of the best ones, and. Uh, to be able to explain my UFO theory to Paul Cornell was a like a treat of a lifetime. I did I didn't have to buy him a drink. You know, we could just talk and to say that, okay, well, what if the smell of brimstone puts us into program mode? And mm. so then whatever the like in his saucer country, he has the thing on the machinery elves that there's Oh, wow, really? Yeah, no, you have to read Saucer Country and Saucer State. It's the best comic books out there. Okay. Because it's like, it takes UFO stuff from the 1800s till today, and it puts them all in, in one place. Sweet. And and the machine elves, that's the Terrence McKenna thing. Right. And machine elves, that, that there's little creatures who are kind of working on the universe behind the scenes. Right. That's cool. They're pulling all the strings. And you can't see them unless you take some DMT, man. <laughs> I don't think it works uh, to see the machine elves. But what if... When the machine elves need to work on you, they just let out some sulfur. They drop some, you know, <laughs> drop some rotten eggs in front of your nose, and all of a sudden, oh, is that it, what you're always doing? Mark? Oh, hey, <laughs> good you're one. To trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you stepped on a duck. It's that you're trying to trigger oh a paranormal gosh. experience. I'm trying and to. I I'm trying to in, invite that. the machine elves. All these years to <laughs> invite the machine elves in. But that whole idea that okay. If somebody's coming in to work on us, they need a way to program us, just like we do with our iPhones or our computers when you're like, okay, I need to go into diagnostic mode. Or if you guys watch Westworld at all. <laughs> yes. Not yet, you know, but I think it. I will. They put the hosts in the diagnostic right. mode. Anyway, last night's Westworld oh, don't tell me. probably was the most... Okay, just to say... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil any of the story, but it's the best one of the season. Ooh. And also, it's probably more American Indian language spoken in an hour of television. Oh, really? Than really? any other hour of television ever. And what language was it? You know? uh, Lakota. The... Oh, okay, great. So, um, so we could have Allison it's... come over and translate it for us. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> well, just, right? They got well, the translation I, right. I, I do know a Lakota. He, he can come over and do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Sweet. So cool. But anyway, so Westworld to the hosts, they go into these diagnostic modes where they change their settings and stuff. And not a spoiler because they do that in the Ewell Brenner movie if you haven't seen the Ewell Brenner version. Okay, I have wait, one more, one, one thing. Uh, yeah. Good, mor good morning. Good morning in Lakota is a Pechawas day. Oh, I like okay. that. So okay. that just came to me. So Got a nice ring to a it. Little. All right, a that sounds day. good. So I, in a show like Westworld, nobody says good morning. <laughs> There are no good mornings there. Unless there's there like a no gunfight. You know, unless somebody says it sarcastically when they try to shoot somebody. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like, what if somebody was doing that to us? And that idea blew my mind too. Mm -hmm. So over the past three and a half years we've been working on the podcast, the past 199 episodes, we've had several points where my entire theory of the paranormal has changed to something else. Yeah, And it's, it hasn't been just one episode that changed it. It was like several episodes over time mm -hmm. that as... You know, I don't just accept when people say crazy stuff to me. Like, it yeah. has to make some kind of sense. It has to have mm. some kind of backup. Right. And um, I, I'm just going to interject something quick that um, is another, like, TV connection uh, from from this weekend. Uh, just this past Sunday, a new show on Animal Planet premiered called um, Extinct or Live. And I'm really excited about the show because um, in the, the, doing the research for the show, uh, the host, he was able to capture footage of what he thinks is a Zanzibar <gasps> leopard. No way. And That's so cool. And we talked about the Zanzibar leopard in episode 169 with Dr. Martin Walsh uh, and how it had been hunted to extinction because um, you know many of the people in Zanzibar consider uh, it to be a, a witch's familiar, or that it it's a bringer of destruction. Um, it, it's, it's a, a black cat of Zanzibar. Yeah, it, it's a, something that is directed by witches to ruin your life, and so that that's why uh, this animal has been hunted. Um, to the point of extinction, but maybe not. So this is really a thrilling thing that um, they might have missed a few. And I'm just really hoping that that, that population 
of endangered species will bounce back. Hmm. And so if you guys are interested, this is probably the most in-depth hour on the Zanzibar leopard that's ever been created, <laughs> tell you the truth, yes. until, you know, it with the expert on it, Dr. Martin Walsh, who's spent a long time in Zanzibar, who's been hired by, you know, like the UNICEF or whatever to go find Oxfam. it. Oxfam, Oxfam, yeah. Oxfam, to go find it. And so it's really a fascinating hour when you're talking to the guy, the, the guy behind the search. And now that we see, oh, Guess it wasn't extinct. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Just like the coelacanth wasn't extinct. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, Just I mean, like Bigfoot's I, not extinct, baby. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, what else they uncover on this show. They're, they're going to look for the thylacine as well. So uh, that, that would be a thrill. What's the, no, what's the thylacine? thylacine? Oh, the thylacine is the Tasmanian tiger. So uh, on the Isle of um, Tasmania off of... Uh, the continent of Australia. Right, but didn't um, the devils eat them all? <laughs> no. They like were, in that little they, whirlwind. I thought he was going, <laughs> and just ate all those tigers right Mike. up. Not oh, actual it's a reality. What about the one in Creep Show? That one was scary. Uh, I, I, also fake. But but yeah, the, the truth is that, um, you know, the settlers uh, hunted the uh, Tasmanian uh, tiger to extinction. Um, or maybe not. Maybe it, it just gives me such hope when I think that you know some of them escaped and they're they're going to rebound. That's very you cool. Know, I wanted to, I want to go back to a quick point we were talking about before when we were talking about encountering the paranormal and seeing different things. Yeah. And in you know one of our episodes we talk about cryptids and this this goes way back. Um, and this is an an episode where we have Linda Godfrey who's. Obviously, the Beast of Bray Road. I mean, she's the one that gave that to us. Um, we have Jay Pachochin from WPI Hunts the Truth. And we have uh, the expert on the goat man. Oh, Nate. That's right. Yeah, Nate's on the couch. So we brought everybody on to have a round table to talk about cryptozoology. And this is episode 66. And we have this conversation. This is where I bring up where I saw something in Ireland. Because you were talking about people who are connected to the land, people who might be a little superstitious about fairies and stuff like that. You mentioned Ireland, you mentioned Iceland. Mm -hmm. When I was at the Blarney Castle in Ireland, number one, everything felt magic. <laughs> like horses came up to you and it was sweet. And there's a whole park next to the castle where not a lot of people are walking around, but it's a beautiful garden, a little park, and most people just go up there and they kiss this disgusting stone that a million people have had their tongue on. <laughs> You know, probably several million people. I don't have, think they put their tongue on it. If you don't French the Blarney Stone, then it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, so I see. So I'm just telling you what the real story is about Ireland. Anyway, so we go there. Really, it was something magical and awesome. And then we're walking through the park near Blarney Castle. And it's really empty at this point because everybody's over at the castle. And my, my wife and I are the only people in the park. And we both see a creature that's basically just a shadow about 100 yards away. And she sees a cat. I see a dog. And I'm like, look at the dog over there. And she's like, what do you mean? She sees a cat, I see a dog. I take a picture of it with my phone, but it's all blurry, and it definitely looks like a cat, but there's no features. It's just a shadow of something. Runs away. My wife said that she was looking for a sign on what to do with her career at the time. She said she saw it with the cat, and then she took a job at a cat care clinic when we got back. And I'm thinking, that's really unusual, because we both see something that we think is weird, remarkable enough that we say something to each other. Yeah. And we both see something different. Well, and Linda was just telling me a story this weekend of uh, a, a ghost uh, investigation. And one person saw an orb with, with their uh, naked eyes. And another person saw um, an apparition. So it's the same, it's the, you know, same uh, thing. You know, they're, they're seeing the same uh, entity, let's say. And to one, it appears as an orb. And to one, it appears, you know, as, as a, an apparitional person. So your personal experience then becomes just as an important part of the story as anything else. And that's what changes the materialist perspective 
of yeah. the paranormal for me. When I would come in, I'd say three and a half years ago, I was all materialist. Like it has to have some kind of explanation in Newtonian physics or I'm not interested, pal. Well, or you, you should... can take your bag of crazy and turn around and walk out the door. <laughs> you should realize, though, that, um, you know, for most of his life, um, Isaac Newton was was just so into alchemy. So he, you know, one of the most famous, influential scientists that, you know, people base their lives on, you know, his discoveries. He was also just full-on alchemist. <laughs> so a lot of these uh, stories have, you know, a hidden element to them uh, that well, you Isaac dig Newton a little just deeper. As much, he wrote just as much in alchemy as he did in yeah. physics. I know. That's if amazing. you dig a little deeper, you're really surprised at what you'll find. And, and I have to share, too, uh, one thing that changed for me was uh, just before our podcast at the Old Baraboo Inn in uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin, Wow, that was all the way back at 89. Cowboys and, and call girls live from the haunted old Baraboo Inn. So Yeah, that'd be April of 2016. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting anything to happen because like Mike, I mean, I have been a staunch materialist. Really, I have. And, uh, you know. Our father was a high school science teacher. It was beaten into us. <laughs> I, and, and a lot of the stuff in the paranormal can be cringeworthy when... You know, there are people that are just too willing to believe, you know, like be open-minded, but not so open-minded that your brain falls out. And, you know, a lot of people have not heard that uh, maxim. And uh, so, so for me. So their brains uh, are all over the floor. So you're tripping <laughs> on them all the time. Yeah. So for me, when I just like OD on this, this rampant, you know, credulity, I just want to run into the loving arms of Richard Dawkins. I just have to be honest. And so when we went to the old Baraboo Inn, I did not think it was haunted because, you know, B.C. Farr, the guy who owns it, is really super nice, but he knows that ghosts are good for business. And this is something that I guess I don't want that to get out because then, you know, I, I, I'm used to being in Milwaukee where it's really conservative and you have to pa practically like drag it out of people. It's a source of shame to have a ghost story. But when you, once you get it, you feel like, wow, I really did something. I really got an authentic story. You know, when people discover that it's good for business, you know, then every place is going to say they're haunted. So um, for me, you know, going there, I was like, if there's any place that's haunted, it's not this place. And what happens to me after I finish my presentation, we're getting ready for the podcast. You know, I stow uh, my gear under a table. I stand up and I see what an orb it's an orb with my naked eyes i see it coming across the bar room and you know so you see it in the distance it's about you know i used to say quarter size i think it was a little bit bigger about 50 cent piece really because when i hold up my hand to show people that's more like a 50 cent piece so um i see it coming from across the room it's opaque it's spherical it's white it was slightly dark in there, but, you know, it's not like seeing a light come across the room. I mean, I think, you know, there might have been like some dim illumination within it. And, you know, I'm just standing there watching it. And then it zips past the right side of my head. And so much so that I turn, you know, to, to try to see it instantly. Did it and make it's a little gone. sound like? no. No, there was no sound. There was no feeling. I mean, it came really close to my head. I mean, that was the sensation of it. Ooh, but there was no, there, there, <laughs> I got ghosted. There was no uh, feeling of it brushing against me or anything like that. But it was so sudden. The thing that really bothered me, though, is, hey, I was interviewed for a documentary that night. I took part in an investigation. Do I tell anyone? No, I don't tell anyone at all. That was a Saturday. I didn't tell anyone until that next Monday after work where I, when I call up Mike and I said, by the way, something happened. You know, and, and that's to, interesting too, because yeah. that's something that I, I think a lot of people, happens to a lot of people where 
they act like it's not a big deal until later on they realize they saw something crazy. When we were at right. the Michigan Paranormal Conference, we met this guy, Brad, from Canada. And he'd come down all the way from Canada, eh? And he yeah. was talking about this experience he had where he saw all these lights move around in the sky. He was out camping with his husband. And he sees all these lights moving around in the sky. And they just sat there and watched it for like a half an hour. And then it stopped. And they just went back to bed. And yeah. then they didn't talk about it again for a week. Now that's the machine elves working on you. I don't know. It's something. And and the, the thing is, that bothered me. Because I was like, what happened? I am somebody who's really into this. And why did it take me so long to process that? And I don't know if it's a function of just that it is so beyond the norm. And it also was a big pick, kick in the pants for me. Because just when I think I know what's going on, I get a kick in the pants. And I deserve it. <laughs> but it was just a shock to to be at a place where I'm like, this place isn't haunted. And then to see, of all things, a stupid orb when, you know, on all those haunted history tours for so many years, you know, people are just always like chasing me around with pictures of orbs. And uh, I think it was poetic justice. Yeah, it was poetic justice because now it's like, oh, you think you're so smart, Allison. Well, we're going to show you an orb. What do you think of those apples? And uh, <laughs> I I just, you know, and I, um, it made me realize that I think that extraordinary things are happening all the time. And because if that can happen to me where I put it off so long, you know, just think about somebody who isn't into this stuff, who doesn't want it. How easy it is to just go back to what you're used to. Just go back to work. Just go back to sleep. You know, just go back to your mundane. You must life have imagined that. And it'll, all right, it, it'll go away. And I think a lot of people are compartmentalizing their paranormal experiences that way. And um, my story does have an epilogue because uh, just last year at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, you guys had a haunted road trip panel. And I was sitting in the audience and watching. And uh, Shelly from the Old Baraboo Inn uh, tells a story of uh, B.C. Farr, the owner, and his girlfriend, in the old uh, Baraboo Inn, and his girlfriend complained because this orb uh, shot at her head. And I was like, oh my God, somebody else had that experience where an, an orb just flies out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, aimed for your head. And it, it's just, uh, it was quite a strange feeling. But I think people, uh, I'm really starting to, to feel strongly that. I think extraordinary things happen all the time, but we're so programmed to just go back to sleep, just go back to work, just go back to Don't pay normal. attention, sure don't pay attention. Yeah, don't pay attention. And I think these things are maybe hiding in plain sight. And that's why only kids could see Al in Quantum Leap. Uh, that's it, yet. that's it. And it all comes back. Yes, it always does, it always does. And our friend, Scott Bakula. Yeah. It all comes back to Scott. <laughs> well, I, I know, because no one can love you like Scott Bakula can love you. He's gifted. <laughs> <laughs> well, throughout the 200 episodes that we've recorded, I've had an amazing time, especially with the events that we've been going to, meeting people and hearing other experiencers of the paranormal and other researchers of the paranormal. And that has really been affecting my opinions of these things. Sure. And as one event that was particularly influential was the Paradigm Symposium that we went to in 2016. Oh, yeah. And we did an episode, uh, episode 92, where we did kind of a little recap of that. So sad. Yeah, yeah, you would have loved it, Allison. Um, but the biggest thing for me for that one, there were several big things at that event. However, getting to hear Travis Walton tell his story firsthand and then having the entire weekend to talk to Travis Walton in between sessions and to actually like get to know him as a person and to see what an earnest uh, down earth guy he is really affected me because, you know, having seen fire in the sky and having seen all the different skeptics talking about his experience and then hearing him actually say, here's what happened. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, aliens or the government or what, but I'm here's my story. And he told it just point blank and I really believed everything he said. And it just uh, 
was a first for me to meet someone who had had that impactful of an experience. And then to just, you know, to be able to look in their eyes and be like, I believe that he's telling what he experienced. And it was super late because the, the Paradigm Symposium was brilliant, <sighs> but it, I mean, it went. Yeah, it wasn't on schedule. Everybody. And so everybody was incredibly tired. And we watched the whole Travis Walton movie, not Fire in the Sky, but the documentary Travis yeah. and talk about his experience. And then he came up and just took questions about it and retold it. It was incredible. And you were just like, wow, he got, right. like, he just got gotcha. you. Yep. That's it. You know, like you're like, yeah, man, I believe you. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you, dude. And you also realized, um, well, at least from hearing him talk and everything, you, di- you, you realized that if he was telling a lie, if you did make this up, like he hasn't gained much from that, <laughs> you know, like it sounds like it's made no. his life more difficult, uh, which was really sad and everything, but uh, very interesting person. It's not like in the world of reality mm-hmm. TV. He tells a story and then, I mean, obviously now we're in a world of reality TV where he can tell the story and probably make a couple of bucks. But back in the late seventies, he gets a story in the paper and then it was like, you're stupid and you're crazy. You can't get a job. Yeah, it's terrible. You know? And it's so sad. You know, he just came out, totally bought it. You know, interestingly enough from that weekend, there's one thing that I was completely impressed by that I know very little mm. about that now my opinion has changed. Up. Ooh, what's that, Mike? So that we made friends with Peter Robbins. Yes. Also put a great presentation on. What a storyteller. I mean, he yeah. wrote, um, Left at Eastgate, which is really the the Bible of the the UK Rendlesham Forest incident, and his presentation was put on almost like a lawyer in court. It was so yeah. scientifically presented, historically presented, and we ended up talking for hours <laughs> after that too, like yeah. just hanging out, having beers, and he just and really in, you know, and discussing things and stuff. And his case was so compelling. Um, unfortunately, Larry Warren, who he got a lot of that information from, he's even had to distance himself from Larry because Larry said a lot of inflammatory and contradictory things to the original evidence than when they were working on the book originally. And so they, they, I think they also took Left at Eastgate out of print for the first time in like 20 years. So Peter Robbins got to work on a new thing. But he's still out there in the UFO field and everything. And and if if you can see him do a presentation, yeah, it's great. At any event, and he lives in New York, so he does stuff all over the East Coast all the time. Go and see it because you're not going to be disappointed in the quality of the presentation. And just from that weekend, you think about guys like Scott Walters, incredible. He used to have that show America Unearthed. Oh yeah. His pre, I mean, he goes into it and tells into the idea that the, the Knights Templar rolling around the United States in the, you know, the 15th century and everything. Really interesting stuff. And so I hope they do another Paradigm Symposium, but I just don't think they're going to be able to get that kind of brain trust together again. <laughs> you know, like I just, the idea oh, that... Ah, so I missed it? Well... The tickets... The tickets were super expensive and yeah. it was worth every Yeah, it was penny. amazing. But we've also been able to attend a lot of other fantastic events, including the Michigan Paracon and the Haunted America Conference and, of course, uh, Chicago Ghost Conference. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been it's been a blast because these are things that I hadn't previously attended until the podcast. So I know I think, right. Allison, you had been to several of them. Right. You know, so you were helpful in, in showing us the ropes of these things. And I'm really glad and thankful for that because it, you know, I've made so many cool friends and just it's opened my mind and my eyes <laughs> to a lot of things that I never would have known or learned about. Very cool. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to meet us at a, at a paranormal convention, <laughs> speaking <the> future, of, <laughs> we're, we're going to be haunted America June yes. 22nd to 24th. That's Alton, Illinois. It's right by St. Louis. Yeah. So you're going to fly down the arch and get right to St. Louis and you're going to enjoy it. We're going to have a good time. And Wendy and I will be performing. We'll be playing some music for everybody. Yes. Yeah. And I'll I'll be speaking a little bit on, on Friday night. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were speaking Man. at Haunted America. Yeah. Yeah. Just. um. That's the hot just, step. That is. Yeah. Just, uh, just on Friday. And so, you know, just for, um, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. So just uh, Troy Taylor re- really wants me to talk about um, the the Mothman uh, investigation that I've done. Yes. And uh, it's been very supportive. That's so, awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. It's great. So you can see us at Hot America. That's that's coming up June 22nd to 24th. And then you can- Oh, I better uh, get going. We'll be hanging out. <laughs> um, we can hang out in Michigan together. 
in August. Yeah. Uh, we can oh, hang yeah. out at the M- Milwaukee Paranormal Convention. Oh it's going to be in October. Yes, we can hang out one. there. We can hang out in Chicago, September Paranormal Convention. If there is a paranormal convention in the Midwest, the chances are that you can hang out with the Sea and the Other Side podcast. And we want to hear your story. We are ready to yes, believe you. <laughs> and that's our Ghostbusters recap, episode 100. We talk about some of the stuff oh, about yeah. Ghostbusters. So that was 100 episodes ago. We talked about Ghostbusters. We talked about the crap remake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus yes. on the next know, hundred the episodes. Between, yeah, behind the original. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the yes. next, yeah, the next hundred. Where will it take us? I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about, you know, some of the recent episodes that we had. Uh, like when we uh, talked to uh, Jack Hunter uh, just recently um, with his new book, Engaging the Anomalous. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned Martin Walsh, uh, Dr. Martin Walsh before, and now uh, doc- Dr. Jack Hunter. And they're both uh, anthropologists. Uh, and it's just fascinating to talk about anthropology and the paranormal. Well, the fact that Margaret Mead, the most famous anthropologist on the planet, uh, helped the Parapsychological Association get into the, the greater world of the science groups. And so anthropology yeah. and the paranormal have a very deep relationship. Absolutely. And so, you know, he's written a wonderful book. Um, we, we talked to Gary Lachman. Hopefully we'll get him on again soon. And uh, he's written just extensively on West, Western esoterica. So when I say that, think magic. Uh you know, the the fact is that these topics aren't for slack job yokels. I mean, it's really, there's deep research. There is some there, there. There is substance. Uh, and I, I think, you know, if you're interested in the paranormal and, you know, you, you're feeling like, you know, the only thing for you is like ghost inv- adventures, like, and you're getting down on that. Hey, you know, there's more to it than that. And uh, we bring it to you every week. We're not afraid to get a little trashy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. So, like, was Prince murdered? Was there a conspiracy behind his murder? Right. Well, the world-famous comedian Dick Gregory thought so. And so we investigate that in an episode. Are people seeing Kurt Cobain's ghost on the bench across from the place where he killed himself? We can talk about, we talk about that in an episode. Is, is there an actual curse if you win an Oscar, are you going to get a divorce in the next year? We talk about that in an episode. So the thing is, uh, when it's pop culture meets the paranormal, that's what we try to do because there's so much to this world of the strange that we want to make sure we hit all the aspects because the more we can kind of learn about it, take a guy like Gary Lockman. I mean, he was the bass player of Blondie, right? He wrote right. the first top 10 hit in the UK, which was a song about having a psychic connection with his girlfriend. Like he really had radar love. And right. he writes a song about it, becomes a top 10 hit. He mentions theosophy right. in the song. It's one of the lyrics. <laughs> He's got a run. I mean, obviously it's an E word, so it's not that hard to rhyme with theosophy, but he still put it in there. And, it, and some, they, they put it on the radio. Now, he goes from being able to talk about rock and roll, being able to talk about Alistair Crowley, holy moly, being able to talk about Madame Blavatsky to, you know, black magic and Donald Trump. And that's the range of, we're talking about these kind of things. Uh, Pop culture and the paranormal meet in in a very easy position to bring them together because so much of the things that we love to watch, the things we love to talk about, the things we love to listen to are based on these kind of topics. And so that's what we do every week on uh, See You on the Other Side. And I want to thank every single one of you for joining us for 199 previous episodes. Thank you. Thank you very much for celebrating 200 with myself, with Wendy and Allison. Yay. (laughs) And we love you guys. And the song for this week is just kind of a manifesto about what happens when you open your mind to these kind of experiences. And when you start doing that, everything changes. And this song is based on the famous Hunter S. Thompson quote, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And so this song is, when the going gets weird. For the blind 
chattering and staggering Cracking open up your mind Take the red pill and go deeper in exorability Cross the line in the sand for our fate complete Break the kettles, sink the boats at the bridges that you burn And when the die is cast you're at the point of no return Like everyone else In case of boredom Break the glass You'll find you're no longer welcome To the place That you're never going back Take the red pill And go deeper In exorability Cross the line In the sand To find a fate complete Break the kettle Sink the boats At the bridges that you burn And when the die is cast You're at the point of no return Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Well, it's sure been a great 200 episodes, Mike, but you know, it wouldn't have been possible without an amazing group of people and people that I'm proud to call friends. That's right. That's our Patreon community. Uh, You can find them at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. And the Patreon community, number one, uh, they help the the show go on with the songs and the the cost for the servers and um, the distribution, the email list and everything. Um, But number two, the Patreon community is just fun to hang out with. It really is. And there are people who are a lot like us in, uh, in that they're curious about things and they mm-hmm. uh, suggest some really great ideas and they've sent us in directions that ended up being pretty darn interesting. I would say it's really valuable to have those people to work with, feedback off yeah. of, just, you know, when they say like, hey, good show or they're like, this particular topic is great. Please keep researching it. Hey, this song was great. You know, all that stuff helps us create the best stuff possible. If you are interested in being part of that community, please check out othersidepodcast.com slash donate where you can join the coolest people (laughs) in the universe, including Dr. Ned, who's at the level where he gets a shout out in every single episode. Cheers to you, Dr. Ned. Cheers, Ned. See you for the next 200. Down to David Jones' locker. I cannot believe there's so many cases in Scotland. For Christ's sake. <laughs> I totally believe in it. <laughs>